Diablo Bang. Thanks for coming, ADA Ashley. <laughs> there she is, and there she goes. <laughs> Down to the tombs. Behind, behind the scenes. Uh, all right, hey, every. Uh, I heard you had a good afternoon, Hans, but did you have a good night? I had an excellent night. Court. Court. I did. Gavel, gavel bang, ding, ding, ring ding, the bell. Ding, ding, bang, bang, bang. It's. A bull episode. It it how, is it ever. It is indeed. It's our it's our bull episode this season because I think the last one bull's apartment was last season, towards the end of last uh, season. It was, Am I right? Yeah. yeah. So this is our bull mm-hmm. episode this season, and kind of uh, falls in in line. Yeah, it's a winner. I like this one a lot. I like this one a whole lot. Uh, I got to do some house cleaning. A little uh, have a good night court house cleaning. Did we? Uh, do and we, is it I have some, to make. Uh, uh, make alms. Okay. No, no, no. Just uh, uh, I gotta pay my fine. I gotta pay my writers and or artists fine because I realized. I mean, I gave last week's episode a ten. Yeah. But never addressed the other player in the mix. We I, we never talked about the writer of the episode. Oh, what? It, which I... it? Which which I'm like, oh, we should yeah at least mention. Which will play into this week's episode because they tend to we tend to have a lot of overlap. It's the same group of guys. This clearly was overlapped. Yep. Uh, so over. I'll start with with last week's episode, which okay. I gave a ten. Was my favorite. It was the Gypsy. Uh-huh. It was written Gypsy. by Howard Howard Ostroff. Ostroff. That who, name sounds uh, familiar. Worked on. I mean, obviously worked on Night Court. Uh, he had where are his episodes. Goddamn fandom. Anyways, um, yes, he worked on. Uh, so he worked on Wonder Drugs the previous season. Wonder Drugs, the one where uh, oh, we oh, talked I, about. Yes, of course. Uh, that was uh, that was the last time we saw Lana. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I I thought so there was he, a whole another show. I was like, is that like uh, psychedelic Wonder Years? <laughs> I wish yes, <laughs> Wonder Drugs. No, he was. Uh, uh, so yeah, he worked on Night Court. He works on Night Court for four seasons. Uh, Howard Ostroff. He wrote obviously Gypsy, which I gave a ten. Wonder Drugs from season one. He has another episode in season three and another one in season four. Uh, worked for I Love Lucy, I Dream of Jeannie, oh, Brady Bunch. Uh, wow. But also, Uh-oh. he did. Unfortunately, this will be an in memoriam because he didn't. He did not live all that long. Oh, was um, it a Harry Henderson situation? Kinda, yeah. Were they I mean, blood he's brothers? A... <laughs> he's like an older guy. Like he, you know, he was born in 1934. He, uh, not that old. He, he lived to be 55. Huh. But his last gift to the world was that he wrote for a show called uh, "Thank You, Miss Bliss." Ooh. Which was the, uh, which became at one point Saved by the Bell. Of course. Um, so that was his parting gift to the, his parting shot was he gave us Zach Morris, Lisa Turtle, Screech. The weird Oatsy kid that got replaced yeah, by, like, <laughs> like Proto Slater. Slater. Yeah, that kid, like that old uh, uh, Pete Best. 
I forgot. Yeah, I remember that show starting Mr. Bl- uh, it was one of those shows on um, the Disney Channel. Back when the Disney Haley, Channel was Haley pretty Mills. exclusive. It was Haley Mills. It's centered around a widowed teacher. Yep. And then her rapscallion class of children. Any Belding? I think so. Right. Gotta I don't know if it's right. Dennis I don't know if it's Dennis Haskins or if like Disney dug deep and got like a British actor. I feel like oh, it may it have Bob been a British Crane? guy. <laughs> yeah. hey, Kelly. Smoking cigarettes and like being inappropriate with these women. Can you imagine if Bob Crane was uh like still like kind of a prominent figure today with all the reckonings that are happening and oh, male chauvinism? It's just Kevin, but- it's just Kevin Spacey. <laughs> But I feel like people like like I think we talked about this, but like people like Bob Crane, it like they're so transparently shitty and awful. It's just like, eh, we all knew that. Yeah. Let's let's get the guys that are lurking in the shadows like Nosferatu, you know. Fucking um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to do parting words on Howard Ostroff, he he wrote a few films, so we may have to do a little black Gestapo. At some point, if oh. we can find them. Uh-oh. One is called Black Starlet. What? But the oh. one that was written in 1974, the one that seems most interesting because it's starring Gilligan himself, it's called The Wackiest Wagon Train in the West. Sounds real familiar, actually. I'm sure you've seen it in a bin at Kmart somewhere. What's that guy's what name? Bob, like. uh, what is the actor's name? Bob, um... Uh, what's his... I can't think Dobie of Gillis? <laughs> it's pretty yes. Dobie, let's go with Dobie Gillis. That's well, he, the name he of played fiction. Dobie Gillis. He was on. No, he was on Dobie. Gillis. Oh, he wasn't Dobie. He was. He was the the Jay Tootin. Uh, yeah, hippie. Beatnik. Oh, big Beatnik. Right. His name's Bob. Bob Denver. Bob Denver. It was, yeah, Bob Denver. Yep. So it was yeah. the he. There was a Bob Denver vehicle, the wackiest wagon train in the West. Okay. Well, yeah, we definitely got to find. So that yeah, for sure. I just uh, I'm gonna try and did you say I'll the try make it more entertaining? It's called the wackiest oh, wagon oh, okay. train. I got them mixed up because um, the other one sounds like black exploitation, right? Yeah, that was black. Starlet? Black scar. Black, black starlet. So we'll have to see which one. I just went to wackiest wagon train because I was like, that's probably going to be very riffable uh, or I'm- awful. Right. Yeah, exactly. It could be potentially too too much. Too awful. Extent. But anyways, I've 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 taken us off the case for too long. No, no, no. It's good it's it's good to give credit where credit's due. That's 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 important. Um Ooh, fifty five, but quite a quite a big career for fifty five, especially a lot of work with I Love Lucy. Time. That means he was yeah. hustling. 18, no, and, 19, and we have 20? two more episodes that he wrote for one for each of the next two seasons. So he's my guy. I'm back in Howard. I'm waiting. I'm gonna wait and see when he shows up. That's a treat gig. You know what I mean? Like, just let me hammer out one a season, mm-hmm. baby. I'll get you. I'll get you there. Gypsy caliber, baby. You got Jippy. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't know who to credit for this episode, writing-wise. I do. I looked it up. Great. great. So, well, you do the rundown, and then okay. I, I can tell you who... All right, we're on season two, episode seventeen. Ding, ding, ding! The ding, battling ding, ding. bailiff in your list corner. Oh yeah, we're cornered, baby. And uh, let me let me do the classic uh, description without uh, too much spoiler. Bull decides upon a career change when he meets an oily tongued. I love that description. Wrestling promoter, 
who appears in court with another wrestler. Yes. Wink. Uh, and then he makes Bull an offer. There you go. Battling Bull Bailiff. Battling Bull Bailiff. And this episode was written by Chris, credited to Chris Clueless and Stu Kreisman. We know Chris, uh, Chris Clueless from some good episodes. He wrote a lot. He wrote some solid ones. He wrote Quadrangle of Love. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Which is where they're all after the, the, uh, the new ADA. Mm -hmm. Uh, he wrote Some Like It Hot with Yakov Shmirnoff. We're going to see some Yakov again. Uh, he wrote Harry on Trial. Okay. That Those was, are all that from was, season that was one. Real, that was real good. That was like the uh, last then, one of season one, maybe. Pretty close. Uh, he wrote one of our favorites, because it had the, the best moments. He wrote Inside Harry Stone. Oh, yeah, sure. Which we got to see John Aston. Uh-huh. And <laughs> then Batlin Bailiff. Wow, he's hustles. Yeah, I, yeah I definitely. Then he's, not, we won't see him again till season eight, so. Ooh, bring him back. This is his swan song for Night Court for the moment. So we won't see him. <laughs> we won't see long, him for years. Long ass time. My daughter will be in school the next yeah. time we mention the word Chris Clueless's script. Yeah, let's soak it in, baby. Um, but what a way to go out. Yeah. Oh, God, absolutely. Um, it combines two of my favorite things wrestling and Night yep. Court. And Night Court. I mean, that's. God, you can't get much better than that. And poetry, speaking of. Because we're starting out yeah, in the cafeteria. 80s and New York. Start out, the gang's, the gang's hanging out. <laughs> See you later. Ashley, tr Ashley tried to sit down again, and then, whoop, duty calls. Well, that's our district attorney, Ash. She's taking care of some paperwork. She's because taking old care of the Dirk is in hand doing his job. Oh, she's taking care of the real battling bailiff. Oh, yeah. Uh, and of course, with me as always, we got uh, Judge Case Van Heel. And yes, right sir. here, I'm with you, is, uh, what, what should I be this month? I'll be... Um, uh, no, you gotta be uh, the old baby face Hans Freiwald there you go. in one corner versus the the old heel, Casey <laughs> There Van we go, heel. let's bring it in. Oh, it should be a tag team, like the uh, the Bushwhackers or what? What are their names? The Bushwhackers. The Bushwhackers is a good one. There's Legion of Doom. Of course, yeah. I, I love. I, yeah, I mean, this is a wrestling episode, so we can we can taste the Rock and a Roll Express. Yeah, they get like I love. I love like you got two types. You could probably expand more, but you got two sweet types of tag teams, like yep. the weird like bros that are way into each other and themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Ravishers. Yeah. Uh, or oh I, yeah, you got you got the rockers. Yeah, exactly. Um, and but then, you find out it's kind of all like comedy because well, I can get into it as we get into the episode because it's battling bull. It's it's part of the case is about wrestling. Yep. But you come to find out because this is the era where it was still regional. Yes, absolutely. So Vince McMahon's father controlled the northern, like New York, New England area. Mm -hmm. And then in the south was AWA, and that was different. And then there's Memphis. There's Minnesota. And Minnesota, and then like St. Louis are a region. And what you find out is like, it's like comedy. Like people just rip straight up, rip each other off. Oh, okay. So yeah. you'll get like a hot, like tag team with a good look, which one of them was called Legion of Doom. And right. they straight up just were like, oh, we're going to look like the bad guys from Mad Max. 
Gotcha. Okay. Because they have no personality whatsoever, but they're just like big tough monsters. So they just dress them up real scary. So they are lighting the world on fire. And what they do is they just get traded. Like they'll go to a region like Minnesota as a unit and just work all the guys working in that region. Get real hot, get real hot, become like the big heels or the big baby face, yeah. good guy or bad guy. And then they'll take a fall to a couple local yokels and they'll they'll take it. Then they're famous. Then they're on top. And then they'll just go to the next territory. So it'll be like, yeah, you know, we, you know, propped up the old Sandusky boys in Minnesota. Like, we're here for you. And like word spreads. But then people start ripping off their gimmicks and you get like the demolition men, which is just like two fat old men in like bondage gear that are trying to crib the uh, the legion of doom's look oh, and so they're good. not nearly as good like kiss face paint like oh, sex sure. ge- straight up sex gear but like dad guts like oh, high so boots amazing yeah i just remember i remember that mini minnesota that minnesota circuit cuz that's where hogan started and yeah. he he started. I forget what his original name was. Terry Bollea. That's his name, but I think his original wrestling name was like He Hulk or something like that, or the Hulking He Man. It may have been like the Adonis or something. Oh, that's it. Yes, exactly. Like uh, like Hercules or something like that. Still the kind wispy long close. hair, but like it's like how your brain. Like, can't... It was like Terry the He Man or something. Yeah. You could look it up and yeah. find it out. But uh, it'll tie into the episode because of the popularization of the TV show, The Incredible Hulk. Uh, yeah. They went, nope, you're going to be Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I just remember those early, he he didn't he didn't have his classic red and yellow. He had baby blue briefs and like oh, just yeah. something out of your brain can't compute how that is. Like, I don't, mm. ugh. And don't that's like something it. about the eras of like, you can see Hulk Hogan is- whether because he's always been bald oh yeah mm-hmm. whether the bald like whoop, like comes up and then down like sure. one of those really fancy faucets yeah. or whether it's just greasy and falls straight down <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's just he's a weird human being like he's yeah. just he, i mean like when you say break the mold, like I can't think of anybody that like he's got he's this big hulking maniac. He's got doll's hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's just, just like but like the the craziest receding hairline. And then as we'll come to find out, like like it's just so like it's like a mix of so many weird things that he becomes like an a sex icon. It's like we're gonna see Lou Ferrigno. And yep, like yep. Billy, like fucking creams her shorts. But I was like, yeah. this guy looks fucking nuts. Hot yeah. pink, fucking speedo yeah. shorts. He's jacked, but he's also looks like he's got like Ben Stiller's hair and face. It's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> but I digress. We don't start in the ring. We start in the cafeteria. We don't the real start ring though. The, the, the real... ring for us, the Joes, uh, exactly. you and I. Us marks, and uh, our 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 heroes are sitting down and uh, just uh, minding their own business. And our heel comes in, yeah, old Dan, heel. Dan the man Fielding. He needs twenty bucks. 
He needs 20 bucks. He needs change for a 20. Change for a 20. So he's asking everybody and nobody's got nothing. They got back to their papers, back to their lunch. Max like, hey, I got change. Uh, so Dan just straight up takes all his money. Yeah, Dan good for start, it. <laughs> starts to walk away. Hey, hey now. <laughs> Ain't I supposed to get something in return? Yeah. So like, Dan, so Dan seriously is like trading places. Last yes. last episode he was hot and this was the rollover because we yep. find out that Dan is still like broke. They actually took it in. It's not a standalone from oh, yeah. losing all his money to the IRS. So he instantly Dan Aykroyded it and he's just like, Give me change, give me a dollar, whatever you can take, because I he wants to invest in some get rich scheme. He w- there are two schemes that come up in his conversation and both of them are like perfect for us. Because whenever we talk about finance, we reference trading places. I have no idea if that has anything <laughs> to do true. with the real stock market. <laughs> that is true. But Dan mentions he needs the money, anything he can get, because he's got a boat boat stuck in dry dock. And I'm like, okay, like, did you, like, what do you do? You own things on the boat, or did you pay? Is it like Medici's? Like, it's your your the stuff on the on the ship is yours, but the boat isn't, right? Uh, and then he uh, also needs money for a, a condo conversion. Oh yeah, yeah, he's investing. He's like a golden girl investing in condos. <laughs> I think the dry dock thing actually, Casey, is a it's a metaphor. Like his oh, okay. boat has not come in. His, it's it's dry docked. The SS Fielding is exactly yeah is up on blocks. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. I was I was talking to my brother down here, and be, with this property, we have access to like our own boat landing and mm-hmm. uh uh like a uh what's it? I don't even know what it's called. Some some kind of dock area. And he's like, so yeah. if you want the keys, I'll just give. That. I was like, for what? Like, am I just going to swim in my area where a boat will never be? Like, what do you want me (laughs) Making boat-sized waves. Maybe I'll get the worst uh, aqua um, marine uh, uh, raft or device ever, which is a paddle boat. I fucking hate those more than anything. And I was like, I no, you can can bury that key for future. Yep, just... Not going to need it. Nope. My boat's in dry dock. That's for sure. Um, so, old Dan's so he, scheming, fortunately, and uh, nobody's helpful. In fact, old Harry's kind of a cocksucker. Just fucking bites yeah. a banana right in his face. Sorry <laughs> sorry to get uh, spicy and swear there. I, just, I didn't like that. But. No, he got sassy with him. He gets sassy. And he had his, his moment. Like, Dan, like you had mentioned, is is on his hands and knees. Like, he'll take anything. Like, he needs money to, for this condo conversion. And Harry, after suckling on his banana, is like, loose fillings? That's the spirit, Harry. That's the spirit, Harry. And then we kind of, Dan saunters away, and we see, camera pans out, and old Bull is at a separate table. And he's like, what rhymes with perpendicular, Billy? Why? No, that's not it. Eh, Some of that classic quick writing. It's good, good. Yeah, yeah. But we find out old Bull needs to know because he's a poet. He's writing some poetry. He's got his old big old journal. Oh, it's and so good. It's about the time name to... of it is so good. Thank you. I have a note here. I listened to it. Oh, I didn't have my um, closed caption on. I could not get the name of the poem. It was. It's forever damp. Forever damp. That's what I couldn't figure out. Damp. All right. Forever I got it. damp. 
I gotta tell you, I don't Change know forever if, young. if it's uh, it's uh, something shifted in my chemistry, but man, when uh, Rod Stewart comes on the the radio now, <laughs> waterworks. <laughs> Sweet Virginia. Yeah, so Bull has his poem entitled Forever Damp. Uh-huh. It's a bit it's a as you can imagine, is a bit of a dirge. Um, to which is a lot about al- analogies to his height and being dragged down and having wet socks. Slime to the ankle bones. The, slime to the ankles. And as we're getting into this very boring, vivid imagery, by the way something that is not boring. And very vivid is Mac's response, which is great. Yeah, Mac can't handle it. Uh, I think it kind of starts when you realize that Bull's poem is literally one line per page. Not even <laughs> not even a sentence on a page. Harry has to flip it. So Mac has to, he starts biting his tongue. He has to walk over to the uh, newsstand uh, uh, and uh, grabs a donut and has to uh, bite on a donut like he's- Bite the donut. Yeah. Bite his thumb, which is his don't, which is this donut, or his tongue. And Bull keeps reading, and he just laughs. He can't contain it anymore. <laughs> to which I like Bull's response, and you know, like basically, Max, like, ah, oh, man, I just fu- it's funny. It's funny. Bull's like, but it's about me, don't you know? Um, and then uh, they all sort of part ways. Yeah, <laughs> and Selma, like Mac, is still hee hawing, and Selma's like, what? You shouldn't have done that, but what got you? Was it the talking feet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boom, ba-na-na-na, dun-dun-dun. So we, uh, we go, we, we, hit our, we hit our intro, come on back, we're in court, and old Bull's taking it hard, because I think it's Billy that walks in, and yep. she found Bull's Dog-eared. thick old journal uh ripped in half like a phone book a little prelude to bull's strength and uh bull comes in and uh mac apologizes sorry because bull's real downtrodden and uh oh but they that's before because they come in and she just has mentioned like oh yeah he must be taking it hard and they're like what are those and it's like that's his notebook or his poem, book of poems, entitled mm-hmm. The Bailiff's Jamboree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're all, like, clamoring for, like, how much worse can it get? Right. And Billy sort of talks them out of it, and then they stop when the when Bull comes back. So then Bull and, comes in. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how we get to it. I just have uh, My Life is Poo Poo. Basically, Bull's uh, real No, because Bull, Bull asks him why. He asks Mac why he laughed. Right. You know, because he realizes they found his journals, and he's like, "Why were you laughing?" And Max like, "To prevent myself from internal injury." <laughs> and Bull's like, "You didn't get the metaphor." And he's like, "He, you know, goes on this long, languorous like it's about it, like your place in the cosmos, in the space and time, and this and that." And they all have this like sort of like empty look on their face, and he's like, "Metaphor? It means my life is poo poo." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right. And then he's like, he's just concerned about his place in the world. He's like, Harry, you stand for justice. And Billy, you're a defense attorney. You stand for the the little man. And I'm a bailiff. I stand. Yeah. And, like uh, cattle. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, he keeps Moo. himself to cattle. So nasty. 
Which I guess if the, the one person would have to be taking it a little hard, you know, it's like that person when you got to be at work and you're like, fuck it, I'm just doing my job. I got to come here. I got to get my paycheck and go home. And you just have that one asshole that can't like turn it off. Like just shut your mouth. Oh, We're God, all here. Yeah. It's like this fucking job. Yeah. It's, so, it's like, yeah, well, quit. I know it's a shitty Dang. job. Don't remind me. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like you don't need. Right, so yeah. like there you got Selma just like, all right. Take it easy. It's like, it's work. Right. Uh, bring like, in how, the case? how bad is it? Yeah. 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 So we bring in, because, uh, yeah, that, yeah, we bring in the case, and it's uh, a little old woman and then a giant man in a trench coat. Oh, yeah. They come in, and this old lady's just screaming at him, like, you shouldn't have done that to the Santinis. <laughs> Wait until the Grismundis get a hold of you. <laughs> And uh, see that he, the, the the large man is totally unfazed, and she's just like, "You shouldn't have done it," and just screaming at this guy up and down, like, "You're awful! You're the worst! Wait till they catch up to you! You're gonna pay! You're gonna pay big!" And uh, the large man just goes, "Is it? Uh, is it hot in here?" Takes his uh, trench coat off, and we see that it is the beautiful Adonis Lou Ferrigno. Ooh, eighties punk. 80s hunk in purple tights. Oh, man. As a little tip of the hat to his turn as the Incredible Hulk. There you go. Which I believe he's doing at the moment. Uh, yeah, when was the Hulk running? Early, the, was it? I thought it, I kind of got to tell you, I thought it was 80s, but it's, it's eight. Uh, excuse me, 70s, but it's 80s, huh? It is 80s because he got it because of his Mr. Universe Mr. competitions Universe. and yep. stuff. And Pumping Iron was late 70s, early 80s. Okay. I know that kind of, if you look at the, I don't know what I was doing, but I was uh, uh, looking through my Beefcake magazine. No, I was looking up, like, how many <laughs> times, like, who won the Mr. Universe or something. I don't know why. It must have yeah. been for jerk practice or something. And, like, in the 80s, it was basically, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or late 70s, 80s, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Lou Ferrigno, Lou Ferrigno, Schwarzenegger, mm. like they kind of went back and forth through the entire 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah, so old Lou's in there. Lou is like, but he's like, um, he's kind of like, he's obviously like super fit, but he's like that brick shithouse fit though. You know what I mean? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like huge, but he's like got that like super sort lean of man definition. Whereas Ferrigno yeah. just looks like. He's a fucking a big giant monster brawler man. Like yeah, he could exactly. actually hurt you. Yeah. Uh yeah, he's got that crazy and he's so he's um looking at his neck and then old Billy Hamana 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 Hamana. Is it hot in here? He asks, and she says, Oh, oh, oh. is it ever wringing uh, out her panties? Yeah, you you don't trust a woman that goes for the the like there's hunks and then there's weightlifters. Gotta those are those are those are saucy broads. Yeah, t yeah, totally. Yeah, I got no business being with those women, though. We'll see that. <laughs> I don't. Uh, you and I don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, unless they're they, banging down the door, knocking down my door. The only reason that would ever happen is like two. Sh like if they broke up with, let's just say Lou Ferrigno, if his his uh, girlfriend broke up with him, she's really into bodybuilders. They break up. Yeah, and she's like. I know what'll make him jealous. I'll get with the trolliest, weakest man ever. 
and say he's better. He's better in bed than you, Lou. Like, oh god, (laughs) he has less pimples on his back. I don't know what juice. Oh my god, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm down here. I never had a pimple on my back in my life. I moved down here. I got like. Pimples on my back. Maybe there's steroids in the water or something. I was going to say, you have none of the benefits of steroids and all of the side effects. Yeah. I could, I, it's very, very odd. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. A hair trigger temper pimples. <sighs> Lou Ferrigno, just just a quick note. I, 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 it probably took him a while, but he can hold his own. There's not, not much for him to do here. But like no. he was in that movie, um, uh, I Love You, Man. Is that it? With Paul uh, Rudd? I think he was in that. I only saw that once, but yeah, you're right. I think he was in that. Yeah, he ended up playing like a bit, like what happens is uh, uh, Rob Hubels, which is a great character in that movie, is trying to sell, or Paul Rudd is trying to sell his estate, and then Rob Hubels right. takes over. Yeah. Anyways, Lou Ferrigno ends up being one of the, the groomsmen. But he's in there, getting back to it. Is it hot in here? Like a piece of meat, mm-hmm. they're using him for this yeah. part. Uh, and a slab enter of meat. old greasy oil tongued promoter. And oh. uh, we find out uh, the case. What the case is about is that this old woman attacked uh, Lou Ferrigno's character, who is the Klondike killer. What is a Klondike? I believe it's the broad terminology for like what is the. Or what used to be the Northern Territories? I think it has a new name. Oh, okay. I was like just that Canadian Alaskan gold rush area, like the Klondike. Okay. All right. Sounds um, good. And so Harry this, knows the, him, so Harry's a wrestling Harry fan. Harry knows him. He He's recognizes a fan. him. Um, so this woman is on trial for attacking this wrestling heel. Yeah. Uh, but she's act. She's based on an actual woman. Excuse me. This character, it's a woman named uh, George, Georgette Krieger. Okay. Uh, Zach and Krieger's she's famous great-grandmother? For, yeah, Freddie Krieger's grandmother. Um, she was famous. She was a, a, a like a staple of the of Madison Square Garden in the like 40, or like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, because she would sit like this little old woman who would sit ringside for wrestling matches. So this is back in the time when before it was where people thought it was fake. Yeah. So she would tour the North East corridor, which is like the big markets would be New York, Washington, DC, Baltimore. Wow. So she'd go to these shows and she, she'd sit ringside and like she would mercilessly boo. And attack and scream at the heels. That's fat. Oh my god, that's so interesting. So it's, it's it's one of these things that like in wrestling lore, they it she's almost she's part of the show. Like they they speculate then most you would have to assume like she's in on it. Like gotcha. She saw it and just had fun. So she sit ringside, and uh, there was a the wrestling manager, Mister Fuji. Yeah, sure. Who totally was like a Japanese. He had a little bowler hat, the necktie. He would put salt on the ring for his Japanese wrestlers, and she'd wipe the salt off and scream at him. That's amazing. She'd like pull these guys' hair, and her favorite wrestler was Bruno San Martino. Sure. Which is just this 
like little jacked Italian guy. So she would like scream and cry and like bang on the ring. And like when he was taking bad bumps and like seemingly losing the match, she would just go ape shit and like bang, like get up, Bruno, get up, Bruno. Oh, that's amazing. I was just, I, I relatively recently I was reading, do you know that, um, that book sleepers by Lorenzo Carcaterra or the movie, at least sleepers. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with the movie. So yeah. I read the book, and the book has a lot more about their life growing up in the like fifties uh, in fifties, uh, sixties in Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. and you know Hell's Kitchen is right there by Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so the, he's got these stories about how they would go because it was like a quarter. You could go see mm-hmm. a wrestling match at Madison Square Garden. So they loved sure, the heels, yeah. but they also knew the bar. That the heels would always hang out in before the match, so yeah. it's it was like a bar slash one of those New York bar slash diners, and he just made this description of these guys sitting at this bar, cigars and bar I should mm-hmm. say diner, cigars, whiskeys, yeah. beers, and then just like that insane amount of like like an entire pie, and like just the description sure. was so crazy, yeah. and they would go in there, and these guys you know who were like the bruisers were just like. They knew these guys had such a sweetheart because they grew up in like the poor neighborhoods in New York too. So they knew yeah. if they could go in there, they'd get a free lunch and a free ticket to the show. So it always bug bug these guys. That's cool because that's the whole. It's called kayfabe. Okay, is that whole the veneer of the reality of wrestling? The that whole like Hulk Hogan. The the thing that separates Hulk Hogan from Terry Bollea. The thing that like, who's who is the real Ric Flair? Like, who is that guy, or is he? Because a lot of those guys are on all the time. Yeah, like Ric Flair is famous for just like he cannot. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard that he has a thirty for thirty that just came out. He cannot be alone. He can't be by himself. So that's kind of how he cultivated that persona. Of that, like, his style of heel, which is, like, quote-unquote, like, back in that time is, like, the the dandy or the, like, you know, because beautiful hair, like, beautiful robe, like, sort of, like, quote-unquote gay. Right, yeah. But just, like, party animal, like, money, sex, because he just, and part of that was the persona he cultivated is because he would go to these cities drink as he drove from city to city and he'd go to his hotel room and he couldn't be alone. Just so he'd go to a bar and just get shit faced, drink with other wrestlers, or just like buy drinks with people. So he'd go to these towns and they're like, We saw Ric Flair last night. And he was quote unquote in character. That's because amazing. he's like throwing money around, like patting tushes, Woo! like Super machismo dude, and like a lot of it comes from the fact that it was just his own sort of neuroses. Like he couldn't just go to his hotel room and read a book. It's a demon of his own making. Because what it sounds like is if he's alone, he has to confront like the thing we all have to confront, but his is so external and right in front of his face uh, to, to be quite literal. Like if he's alone, he has to go like, who am I? Right, exactly, and it's like, he feeds into that, and then that feeds into, you know, like, like who's pulling who? Like, who's driving the car? Is right. it 
It's the like actual that... Ric Flair or the Sh- character Ric Flair. There's that because one's always pulling the other. Like sure. he has a crazy night out and it becomes like mythology, and he's like, "Well, I guess that's what I do now." Right? Yeah. Well, he there's that video of him. Ugh, this poor asshole. I I don't I don't know who started it, instigated it, but somebody he like fender bended Ric Flair. And it's like, all right, pull over and come to the car, and it's Ric Flair, yeah. and Rick did not handle it well. So it's like, oh, I'm oh, sure. Worst nightmare. Uh, it's like Hogan. There's like this great documentary on Netflix about um, uh, the right to privacy and uh, yeah, oh and, yeah, yeah, and online, and right. it's about this big case of uh, Hogan versus Gawker, who's actually mm-hmm. no spoilers twist, but it's funded. Um, it's interesting, but Hogan has to take the stand and talk about. Things he said, Terry Bolea, excuse me, has to take the stand and he's truly, you're like, what's happening here? Like psychologically something is, is like, is he smart enough to be doing this or is psychologically strange? Cause they're like on Howard Stern, you said you have a 12 inch penis and he's like, no, Hulk Hogan has a 12 inch penis. And then the lawyer who's pulling his hair out has to be like, <laughs> like- uh, so do you have a 12-inch penis? He's like, well, I would never talk about that. But Hulk Terry, Hogan has a 12-inch yeah. penis. <laughs> it's like, no, it's but, like, so who it are has... you, sir? Well, I'm Terry Bollea. So who said so that? We... Do we have to get into it? That's Hulk Hogan. So who said uh-huh. the N-word? All right. Yeah, right, exactly. Who do we hold accountable? Right. But that's the whole crazy world of like wrestling because it started as re- – they sold it. Like it started as real actual wrestling and then it was those wrestling matches were too easy to throw like they were too easy to be crooked so they were like ah eh, fuck it let's just make them straight up crooked yeah and it, it and it can be more fun for us and less like physically taxing and less boring because the original wrestling matches would last three hours and it's just two guys it's just like <laughs> high school greco-roman it. wrestling it starts up and then they hit the ground and then you're like, okay, what? Right. So they just evolved it into a show and Big the show. only place people would go see it would be in circuses. So they're right. just like, let's make it this big giant thing. It is. I, I, uh, it's weird because the fan base is often, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mocked or whatever. Just watch yeah. a little bit of it though. And yeah, it's like, it's a pretty good show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no. If you take into account physically what these pe- these men and yeah. women put oh themselves yeah. through sure. for a show. Like, yeah. this is stage fighting of the highest caliber. Mm-hmm. And the better you are, like, the closer it seems real. Like, you get sucked in. You go in and you're like, eh, this is fake. Mick Foley but has titanium like, hips. He legitimately has no hips. Yes. He just like they jump, you know, they fall 12 feet. That's 12 feet. Yeah, that's no joke. They fall onto like a a flimsy table, but it's still a 12 foot fall onto a table onto someone else's body. Mick Foley got thrown off the top of a cage match through a desk. And this is true. When they zoomed in on him, he closed one nostril and blew a tooth through his nose. (laughs) Oh, God. That's so insane. But yeah, and but there's the physicality of it, of course. 
But if you get, if you can please remember to show, and I got to tell you, a lot of people in the audience, well, that's not fair. The the wrestling I've attended, the people in the audience, yeah, if they know it's a show, they know it's a show, but they're, they get too racially into it and xenophobically into it, which is unfortunate and weird. But like, if you can realize it's a show and that they're doing that as a commentary and they're doing it to whip people up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing, and it has been oh, for no, history since they started doing that. Sergeant Slaughter and um, uh, who am I thinking of? Who is the Iron Sheik and all? You know, it's yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah. It's so insane. No, and it's like it has mellowed from when we were kids. Yeah, because it evolved into like when they used and they in wrestling terms they used to call get color, and that's when they like, you know, they. They cut their forehead so they bleed. Oh, sure. Okay, I got gotcha. To give it some legitimacy visually, like a like an actual fight. Mm-hmm. So if you go back and watch wrestling from the late 80s into the 90s, like, probably the height of it is late 90s, early 2000s. Sure. Like, those guys got fucking color. Just like, you push a guy's head into a cage and his face just goes, oh like, squirts yeah, blood. Know, it's crazy, which, right? They don't do anymore, but that's because it's sort like because they can't show that to children. Like it's definitely a, more of a child friendly experience. It's still it re- violence. It's still like plays that. on. Yeah, they don't do it anymore unless it's on accident. There's... And if some guy's bleeding, they like will do the camera work to like get you off of it. Because the... Ashley and I actually saw a match in Madison Square Garden. Um, it wasn't televised. Oh, it's what they call a house a house show. Sure, yeah, I've been to which one. if you get not a chance garden, to but... see, it's just fun because it's not televised, so they don't have to obey any storylines from sure. before. They just straight up go like, "All right, you're the heel, I'm the baby face. Let's go at it." And we went, and like I know some of the guys, I don't know some of them, but it was fun to watch them control the crowd through these matches. Sure. Because there's like this slow build and there was an intermission and the match before the intermission was uh, John Cena. Oh, wow. Most people know, like super famous and they'd set it up. There's this guy named Rusev and he's just straight up like we were talking about. He's Russian. So he's a bad guy. And they show (laughs) videos of him just like talking about how shitty America is. And he comes out waving the Russian flag, which they've since taken back. He's now just Bulgarian. Which okay. is what the actual guy is. So he comes out waving the Russian flag, and he's got his his wife with him, which looks like it's like Rocky Four. Like she looks like Ivan Drago's wife with blonde hair, not black suit. So they they walk down and they get in the ring. He's waving the flag, talking shit about America, and she's like pumping him up. And then it was like honestly one of the most fun live experiences so this crowd is just like boo and i will say like there's a lot of kids there right so they're just like boo like the the heels they fucking hate and they're boo 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 and everyone's just screaming at this guy and then they play john cena's fucking music and this place just goes boom amazing and he doesn't mug. His music starts, and he runs like a fucking <laughs> rocket down the thing, gets in the ring, and they start the fight, and you're just like, yes! <laughs> That's awesome. 
I got, uh, yeah, I've told this on Jerk Practice, but I went to, uh, I guess you could call it, yeah, it was a house show because it wasn't televised, but it was also like, I feel like it was even a little more off the rails because it was sure. in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> so, it, you know, you had They some, were wrestling uh, for beer money. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we saw them like, because we were just, you know, we were, I think we were like 14 at the time. Um, so we were just looking f- like- you know, seeing what was going on behind the scenes. They were had like kegs in the back. One, like a lot of people wrestled in jeans. Uh, 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 and I love a was, good jean wrestler. And there was um like one, it's true. Part of wrestling is exactly what you talked about. You got to get people pumped up either because mm. you hate Russia or, you know, you got the super racist guy and you got to yeah. you got to defeat the racist guy. But they didn't have anything like that. They didn't have like they weren't going after like, you know, a Nazi or something. So these people were like boiling up in the audience like we need we need to heal. We need somebody to hate. So this poor guy who walked in they were he um, somebody just found out. He was, it wasn't even announced that he was Canadian. So it was like, <laughs> boo, go back to Canada. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they just needed it so bad. Oh, no, there was a guy. He was, uh, he, he went by the Quebecer. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, and he just like beautiful baby's, baby's hair, blonde, bleach, 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 blonde hair, blue trunks with the fleur de lis. Oh yeah, because half the wrestlers are from Canada. Sure, he had to out Canada them by being from Quebec. So he's like Canada. Yeah, we, we should be free, uh, America. Like he just it's such it was such a fun niche. Like that's he's like cool. that's about as foreign devil as you can get a French Canadian that hates everybody. That's like one if I if there's reincarnation, reincarnate me back for like the craziest wrestling character ever. There's that Beyond the Mat documentary where there's a yeah. guy interviewing with Vince McMahon. He's like, well, "What can you do? What can you do?" He's like, "I can throw up on demand." And then it's just <laughs> oh, a quick yeah. cut, and <laughs> this guy's going, uh, uh, and Vince McMahon's behind him going, "He's gonna puke. He's gonna puke." So he names him Puke. It's like that's awesome. That's so base so, and simple, but it's great. Uh, and I will say that about wrestling, it never gets that far away from circus sideshow. Right. Like, and it'll elevate it. to, like, this thing, and then it always comes back to, like, Perry Saturn getting hit in the head, so he marries a mop. <laughs> right. <Exactly>. So, <laughs> so, so he gets into fist fights with Raven, because you besmirched my bride, it's a mop! And he's, like, fake humping a mop on the ring. You know, like, it's like you have a beautiful hero versus villain storyline, and then you got some guy puking on some guy's wife's jugs. Exactly. God, I love... What was, what was that crew's name with Saturn and Raven? That's, like, that great era you were talking about. Uh, they were from... They were like the Grungers. Uh, yeah, they were, uh, fuck, they were the flock. Yeah. <laughs> because of Raven. Because they were all came from ECW, which was Philly. Oh, okay. Which was the hard, extreme championship wrestling, which was the hardcore, where you'd like, the baseball bats with barbed wire, and the kendo sticks, yes. and... Chuck and um, Nugs. 
They yeah, the chucka sticks. Yeah, they totally brought over all that crazy. Like, cause in Japan they do that crazy oh, shit. I bet. I bet it's insane. There was a Japanese wrestler in the this episode, just in the background. Yeah, I recognized him. him. I, yeah, I don't know from what though. I don't know if I recognize him from wrestling or if he's like been a, like a bad guy in like a lot I think of kid friendly karate movies. <gasps> it's three ninjas, right? That's what I thought. Yes, that's what, I that's thought. what it was. I yeah. couldn't place him until we started talking about it. I was like, he's the one that kicking the nuts. Yes, three ninjas. Yeah. So good. Uh, man. All right. Anyways, poor we Ash. Got a, we got, a, we all got that. That count out. Wonderful. They're going to count us out. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, that's that's super interesting about that woman. Uh, and then she goes after him again, and Bull mm-hmm. has to step in, and he picks up Ferrigno um, and kind Effortless. of guards effortlessly, which means... How'd they do that shot, Casey? What's that? Did Bull pick up Ferrigno? I think so. Wow. I think, you know, Richard Mole is he's a big dude. He's strong. Oh, oh I absolutely believe it. Got a bear hug lift. He yes. didn't, like, lift him over his head, but, like... So he lifts him, he, he protects yeah. him. And then uh, he's still holding him, and Ferrigno. By the way, let's clear up this myth or this prejudice against Ferrigno. Does he have hearing impairments? Yes, he's deaf. He's deaf. Deaf, he deaf? Is deaf, deaf, deaf. Okay. How amazing to overcome that, because how does he. How did he do or this? Or maybe not. He has, like really like he has crazy hearing aids like when he was doing mr universe like he had the big giant to give him like a little bit of hearing but i think he's like sort of like i would assume legally deaf because he was answer he was going back and forth with dialogue with the lady looking forward the entire time you know what i mean oh that's true yeah so i i didn't know anyways uh, he is, he is though. He's hearing I, I, impaired. I've heard that, like people being cruel about that. Um, when you're big, they they cut you. Um, so he hard. protects him, and then uh, uh, Ferrigno's like, "You're crushing my, I don't know, Ferrigno. You're crushing my kidneys." He puts him down, uh, and then old now Billy stopped licking her chops at old yeah, Hulky's yeah. pumper, and old Snake Oil Salesman is licking his chops at uh, Bull's abilities. So, uh, wants to sign him up, join the league, baby. Yeah. He comes after him. He's like, look, you're tall, you're strong, you're ugly kid. You got to use the gifts. God made you gave you, excuse me. And, uh, he tells bull, he's like, give me, take my card. You could be a star. Or he goes, he goes, Hey, join my card. Give me, take my card. Give me a call. Uh, we get you in the ring. Stars make $10,000 a night. And Bully Baby, you're a star. You're a star. Stars born. Stars born. Old Bull smiles. You know what's happening here. Um, His gears are turning. He's been insulted by the crew. Exactly. They don't like his his poetry. He doesn't like where he's working. Mm -hmm. So he goes and lets the guys know. He's like, old Greaseball here. Uh, he offered me his card. Says I can make ten thousand dollars a night wrestling. Now Billy's boner's away, and old Dan's ears yeah. perk up. Ooh, money! Oh, I heard American money. money. <laughs> and uh, and they're like, "Bull, come on! That's another crazy scheme by you." And you know, it's Don't a lot be of work. Bull. You yeah, can't- they basically all went. 
Is this a bull episode? Come on, you big weirdo. Yeah, stop it. And then Bull's like, they're like, Bull, to do this, it's not an overnight thing. You got to practice. You'd have to quit your job to do that. Now, come mm-hmm. on. And he's like, I quit. Yep. He just storms out there like, what? That's not real. Meanwhile, Bull's literally doing exactly what I would like to do yeah. at many jobs I had. If I could stand just- up and just quit and throw my greasy apron so, yeah. and oh, all it's my so clothes, good. my... my uh, fry stained clothes just right at your the over your oversized polo shirt exactly. and undersized oh, pants god yeah um yeah so he storms done. out yep. and then they th- he throws his you know they're like i can't believe he quit i don't think it's real boom his jacket flies into camera and they're like oh no this is happening this is really happening boom his pants fly into the or his <laughs> his pants fly in and uh Harry's like, I hope he's wearing boxers. And then you hear, and Dan just goes, I think it's briefs. Classic. And that's not the strangest thing in New York to see a man. There used to be a guy that lived in my neighborhood on 23rd Street. Nothing in in my life is better than seeing a man in New York comfortable, confident, like with a Starbucks and a New York Times under his armpit, (laughs) just in his underwear in July. Like that's how hot and like uncomfortable new york gets there was a guy who always always just one of those weird meshy undershirts and a pair of briefs Uh, and just eighth avenue between 21st and 23rd street top of the morning yeah so insane it's like you like when you worked uh uh the the drive-up window at krispy kreme and the guy couldn't wait so he just dressed from the the waist up to get he's got his like college letterman jacket on (laughs) combed hair and then i look down from the dr- drive through window and he's got like a pair of loafers on and just tidy whities that's, that's it so crazy. is he good to put your fucking pants on that's <laughs> giving up you gonna put or a jacket is, on or is it is that is that finally getting it right anyway so bull's out of there man and we hit a commercial break and yep. we come back and already we come back to chambers and we see how pivotal bull really is oh pandemonium max looking under the couch cushions harry's going through files because they can't find the necessary paperwork they don't have anything nothing and then they're basically like you know uh the the court billy comes in she's like this is madness everything's unorganized uh, no files, no nothing. They're taking over. Con- the The gallows are going crazy in the courtroom because word got out that Bull is gone. And they're like, and we got, enter the new bailiff. Who's great? Dirk. <laughs> Dirk. Who's this little oh, I hope man. he comes back. Yeah, he's good. I like him a lot. He's about Bull's height. Little, yeah. like, paintbrush mustache. Just Hans Molman. He's sad. Like, well, I'm sorry. So- it took so long. I got held up. They're like, why? At the what Xerox happened? Machine. Yeah, they're like, what happened? It gets paper jam? He's like, no, I got held up. He took my he took wallet. My wallet. <laughs> uh, they're like, and it's it's kind of, it's one of our favorite. I think we use the joke a lot where it doesn't take much. You just have to say somebody's name with a certain uh, yeah. tonality. And it's all, so that every time they address them, they're just like, Dirk. Dirk. <laughs> So So Dirk scuttles out and he's like, they send him into the courtroom to like bring some order to it. 
Selma has a, Selma has a good joke there as he leaves. She's like, Dirk, Dirk, wait. Make sure to fill the room with your presence. <laughs> and Ray's about to leave, then Dan shows up and goes, boo! And just scares the shit oh, out yeah, of Dirk. that's right. Oh, my God. And Dan, oh man, Dan is, again, trading places. Dan is full at on the heel, bottom. man. He did a full heel turn this episode. Oh, yeah. He's got he's a smile ear to ear. And you're like, all right, Dan got his money. He's like, yep, a, a fine young man decided to back me on one of my ventures. And they're like, what'd you hawk? Your mom's wedding ring? He's like, <laughs> yes. Idiots. Well, it was her engagement, engagement ring. ring. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then. They kind of have a moment where they're like, man, we really need Bull back. We want Bull back. Maybe we should go to him. And Harry's like, no, no, no. We need to support him. We can't can't coddle Bull. We need to support his choice. We're being selfish. Yeah, exactly. We're being very selfish. The only reason we want Bull back is because he makes our job easier, more comfortable. Right. Not necessarily like, as you said, like the support. So it's like, okay, okay. They're like, fine, fine, Harry. Fine, fine. And they all leave, and then we see old, old Big Billy Bull, Nostradamus himself, shows back up. Dressed just like my grandfather on my mother's side, Robert. Members-only jacket, cardigan, yep. uh, a Morona shirt, pl- I thought they khaki would pants. Uh, cool him up for a joke. Oh, that's like, interesting. Have Bull show up and, like... Mr. Rogers, he was pin. dressed like Mr. Rogers. Yeah, basically. exactly. That's yeah. a perfect... Yeah, he looked like Mr. Rogers in a blue sweater. Which is fine for Bull, but it would, you know, like, why not give him something? Why not let him, like, just killer, killer outfit? We'll get him. Well, we do get a killer outfit, just you wait. That's true. You can't can't have that gag twice. So, something we kind of didn't mention, but it goes without saying, is Selma's, everybody's like, all right, we'll support him. Selma's like, fuck that. She's like, I'm not going to work with Dirk. I got a few years more for for retirement. (laughs) I only got a few episodes left in me and I'm not going to spend them with Dirk. But she's like, this is stupid. Like, he doesn't want to be a wrestler. You guys just hurt his feelings. Again, this is internal, but she's like, I'm not holding back. But basically they do. So Bull shows up and she's like, I Mm. knew you'd be back. And he's like, well, I just came to clean out my locker. And they're like, hey, Bully Boy, how's it going? I just finished body slam class. Ooh, is it a pass or fail, or do they grade on a curve? Oh, Dan, you jackass. Dirty Dan. Uh, so they all they all support him in what way they can, and he's like, well, I got tickets for the show if you guys want to come. Oh, yeah, he gives, he gives them all um, tickets, and they're all like, we wouldn't miss it for the world, big fella. And they got, yeah. like, they're boxing Selma out, because Selma wants to, yeah. to say wants something. to tell him how it is, yeah. And then so Bull leaves, and then we come back, and we're, uh, we're, we're, oh my god, we come back. Oh, Harry gives him a, break a leg. Yeah, I'm supposed to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah, they, they have a Harry-specific Bull moment as Bull leaves. Yeah. And uh, Harry goes back in the court, we go to commercial, and we come back, and it's so mm-hmm. good. We come back seemingly to the... To the gallows of Madison yeah. Square Garden, to the back. Oh, we missed, everybody left, and then Harry and Bull had a moment. Yeah. And Harry gives him a little, like, Bull seems hesitant, like he's kind of questioning oh, his choice. yeah, you're right. And Harry answers for Bull, because Bull's like, yeah, I may head to Akron next week. You know, he's kind of wobbling on being a wrestler, and Harry just goes, no, it's great for you, Bull, we'll support you the whole way, go for it, do it, do it, do it. So Bull's like... Okay. 
a bull goes, yeah, I'm heading to Akron. He's like, that's great. Uh, check out the uh, the old tire fa- uh, tire museum in Akron. Oh, yeah, like, tire tread yeah, museum. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, Harry. Am I doing the wrong thing? And Harry's like, no, if you're happy, do what makes you happy. So we kind of see that bull wants, wants yeah. out, but he doesn't know how to say it. And then we come back. Oh, this is the best, baby. To backstage. The, backstage, as they call Madison it in, Square Garden. In, as they call it in the business, in Gorilla. Uh, is that, do they really? Yeah, it's named after that wrestler, Gorilla Monsoon. Oh, amazing. That area just behind the curtain before they come out is called Gorilla. Why is that? It's just named for him. I uh, I believe it's because that's kind of where he would hang out. Oh, okay. God, I, I, I hope I come back as a, a wrestler. So much fun. Uh, and we, we see, uh, uh, and they're so, like, the casting of these wrestlers Perfect. is so perfect for this era like we see we had a clamoring crowd and we have a like a a larger muscular for like a fattish bald guy in like red white and blue striped showing color he's getting wheeled out oh man he's bloody he's covered in blood he's getting wheeled gets wheeled past the crowd on a stretcher and then we see old man dinka Man was his name Dinga, which Din- is no, it was Dinka. Well, it's Mandinka, and anytime <laughs> you hear anything close to that nowadays, should be yeah. Nah, don't no thanks. So uh, yeah, Mandinka is full heel. He's just like, yeah, I did this to him, and I'm going to do him again, and I'm like, ah, just screaming at the crowd there. Boo! You animal! You monster! Doors then, closed uh, behind him. Doors closed behind him, In and the Harry. Locker room. And Harry and Billy kind of rush in after them, like, uh-huh. oh, no, no, we're here here to see Bull, and she can't stand, like, Billy can't take it, the blood, the mayhem, the violence, this guy is awful, and Mandink is a sweetheart. Well, I love, the, the this is where, like, I really like this episode, spoiler, but the they come in, but the, the guy gets off the stretcher, Mr. Yeah. America gets off the stretcher. Looks yeah. at Mandinka and they start he like walking and they're mean mugging each other and he goes You're like oh no you came this close to hitting me out there and he's like oh man yeah. I'm sorry I got my I'm mind so on Donahue tomorrow that guy's ruthless <laughs> I was like oh that's so good those guys played it great they did it so what yeah a, the guy what in a my great notes, role I had him as all star yeah. Right. Uh, he was great because he can do real tough, but then it builds to this like, oh, I'm a wounded actor. Oh, don't yeah. hit me in the face. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, you're right. But they're all in there. And uh, he's like, Billy, take it easy. Harry's like, Billy, take it easy. Don't worry. Wrestling's fake. Ooh, yeah. record Ooh. scratch. Nope, 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 nope. So they, they get in because they're there to look for Bull. That was like, by the way, that was one of the biggest, like, talk about having a cushy childhood. That was like one of the biggest aspects of like, like, uh, philosophical questions of a large part of my youth. Is wrestling fake? <laughs> Is wrestling like fake? That, that, that dominated so many conversations in my life. I love it. That's so many conversations. Oh, yeah. It's fake, but it's not. They're doing oh, that, yeah. but they're not. Oh, no, my dad would tell me it's fake all the time, and I get yeah. really mad at him. Mm-hmm. But he's not wrong. No. It's just like, it's just- Nobody's it, wrong there. It's not a fair fight, but right. what they do is not fake. Yeah. It's I, just it, a play. They're just Go like, watch, uh, 
it, it's go if you want to go see real fighting. Well, then there's that argument. They're like, well, boxing's fake too, because ninety nine percent of those matches are set up for gamblers. So sure. they say. Or MMA, which isn't fun to watch, in my opinion. In my opinion, too. It's like so. It used to be. It used to be uh, for us to talk about wrestling because wrestling was really big for me growing up. But uh, we used to rent on videotape oh, old yeah. MMA fighting with like Frank Ooh. the Tank Abbott. Oh, and, yeah. And it was almost like renting Faces of Death because it wasn't your grandma's wrestling. And always it was just like. The old move before, like, guys got wise and decided to start get, like, fit and learn, like, different fighting styles was just get him on the ground, and there's no rules against repeatedly punching somebody in the dick. Some guy right square. That that was the the, the cell. Yeah, that was it. It was like, it was he's so- going to break that guy's arm. Like, you see the highlights, and it's like he breaks his nose in one punch. Yeah. And then there's always the, like, get to the third match. He just punches that guy in the balls ten times. I know, just over Like, I don't want to see that. No, it's so crazy. It's like watching those Kimbo Slice backyard boxing videos. I remember you and I were drinking at, uh, uh, I forget which bar on uh, Ninth Avenue or whatever. Jake's. No, it wasn't Jake's. Oh, yeah. um, What's the tavern? Westside Tavern? That's what it was. Uh, and it yeah. was like, yeah. it was our after hour spot. So it was probably five in the morning. The sun was coming up. The sun was, had been up. Got a little, a got a little white uh, ring around my nose, and this guy's just showing us Kimbo Slice videos on his phone. It's like, <sighs> what are we doing with our what lives? What have we done? Yeah, that was that's a weird period because that's something you and you and I did that for what, like a hard, at least oh. six months every night. A while, yeah, because it would be Sunday night because you would work late. I work down the street. I get off, meet you, drink at your bar, and then we go to the after. We'd go to the place that was open till four and stay there because it was after bar. So we'd be there drinking for like six hours. It was a very much like a weird, like you just have all these weird segments of your life. Speaking of good wrestling names, there was one we, guy. We saw David Tell so many times. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was always there. Um, and uh, uh, among like all the rumors is that he's kind of a strange, couldn't be a nicer guy. Um, but we did hang out with. Uh, a guy named Johnny Touch, which in retrospect is like, what is he doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, God. Just a, it was a definite bar crew. Um, getting back to it, that's a good wrestling name too. So we are Johnny Touch. All of uh, a sudden, we get the big. They're looking for Bull. Yep. And they they see the Snake Oil, and he's like, Oh yeah, he's right here. Get ready to meet the next champion. And old, out uh, comes all the stars old like, hey, bat- hey, I thought hey. I was the champion. Yeah. I was going to be champion. But the reveal, Casey. Oh, Batlin Bailiff himself, Bull Nostradamus. Finest wrestling gear you could have. He, You know who Big he looks like? Big fake cartoon cop hat. Uh-huh. Big old fakey badge on there. Fakey badge, big giant gloves. Gold. Classic sort of wrestling singlet. Uh-huh. And then the, the little belt capper was oh, a pair so of handcuffs. Good. Yeah. Um, you know who he looked like for you out there? And, and you're going to have to give me the name because I, I, I ran out of time to look it up. Um, he looked like the main villain in Street Fighter. Oh, yeah. M. Bison. M. Bison. Exactly. Because, yeah, it's true. He did have a cape with the high collar on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, yep. it, no, that's perfect. He looked like M. Bison. Yep, yeah. That's the name. Oh, my God. Speaking of old fighting games. Uh, and fighting and wrestling, just heads up, I was having a random conversation a week and a half ago 
like reminiscing about Tekken. I was like, oh, that was a good fighting game. They still make that shit. And I just bought my nephew Tekken 7. Holy shit. So we got to, I've been playing Tekken like on and off like for the past week. And it's still one of the best fighting games ever. I think the last one I played was two. I think it was three actually. Tekken 3. But. Oh, that would have been a big one. The yeah. only, it's all the same characters except for they added one guy named Bob. Hawaiian shirt. Kind of open a little bit. <laughs> He's a good 350. He's got like ratty, <laughs> kind of like patchy hair and uh, jean shorts. <laughs> that great. sounds like my guy. Yeah. That's my pick. Of course. So it's like, Yoshimitsu, Bob. <laughs> Bob. kind of looks like Uncle Buck. Um, sounds like a belch. Burb. Uh, enter. So here you can see it on Bull's face. He's like, eh, not mm-hmm. really into it. Almost a little embarrassed. Um, but everybody he else sees is the crew really is in there. Dan comes in. They're all there to see him. Uh, we find out that Dan's got money riding on Bull's match, but Bull is a little sad because Selma didn't show up. Yeah, and we already had, they had already talked about Selma wasn't coming because Selma ain't down with it. You got a sweet Bull hat right over your shoulder, right there. Oh, it's true. That I got that. That's that's from Henning. Henning found that in the streets of Brooklyn. Nice. It's a uh, uh, a Mason's hat. Like, I didn't know the Masons really dressed up. I thought the idea of the Masons was uh, keep it keep it on the DL. I guess not. They wear it. Looks like a Soviet era. It does. Yeah. So speaking of Masons, we're gonna build towards this finish. Oh yeah. Uh. So yeah, the uh, we as I mentioned, we find out that Dan has bet what little money he has left on Bull. Which is insanity. <laughs> but Bull is set up to be the champ. Everyone knows it's coming. Mm-hmm. Batlin, it's got the inside the old, scoop. The Batlin bailiff is going out to fight a, a young young buck named the Choir Boy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Were you disappointed? So he heads out there. Were you disappointed that they watched Bull on TV and we didn't see a match? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I would Even like a fakey, yeah. like... Just a ring shot. You don't even need to see the crowd. Just make it that smoky, dark. Which is crazy because they spent all that money for that weird set sequence last season for Harry to be on that talk show. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, you have all of these wrestlers there. I guess that's why it was in the back room. But quick cut to the ring. Yeah, why not? Would have been fine. Because as we find out, Bull doesn't fight. Mm Mm-mm. He doesn't put his dukes up. He doesn't do anything. Stays in his corner. Dan's starting to stays in his corner. Dan's starting to get a little weary because, you know, he has all this money. But he's like, "I'll be fine as long as he doesn't walk out of the ring." Well, no. First, so he he's like, everybody's like, "What's he doing? He's not fighting." And Dan's like, "Don't worry, it's fake. It's scripted." And then old All American comes out. He's like, "It's ain't in the script." And then Dan starts oh, to yeah, get a yeah. little sweaty. He's, and then wait, what? And then, yeah, he's like, it's all right if as long as he doesn't leave the ring. And they're like, oh, it's the Batlin Bailiffs leaving the ring. Yeah. So, oh, boo. boo. Boo, So Dan loses his dough. And Bull comes back all hangdogged. Because not only did he did he have to be embarrassed in front of all of Madison Square Garden, he didn't feel appreciated by his friends. Oh, it's such a shame. And we find out that the entire time, which we kind of knew... When he went back to the court, he was mainly going back just so they would be like, Bull, we need you. He wanted to feel Bull, stay. We need you. That's all he wanted. 
But uh, no one tried to stop him from quitting, but Selma. She walks in. She's been there the whole time. Oh, yeah. You know it. Bull's like, you're here. And she's like, violent sweat, stale beer. Reminds me of prom. I was gonna. I forgot that. I thought she was going to say, reminds me of my third husband. But yeah, oh, reminds no, they, me of prom. God, so much. I, I thought they were going husband. They said prom. I was like, yeah, good course. call. Younger up. Um, so she says, like, she actually did want Bull to stay, but she got muscled out by the rest mm-hmm. of them. Um, so yeah, Bull's ready to come back. Mm-hmm. He, they all say, we need you, Bull. We love you. Come back. Bull, there's no place like home. Dan, not too happy. He's like, good, I guess I'm the scarecrow. Dan Fielding. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that's does, right. like, a really the, funny, like, scarecrow-y pantomime. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. And then uh, it's a quick cut, and we come back for our cold tag, right? Essentially. Our final oh, no, scene. we missed one good joke, because they're about, like, Bull puts his arm around Selma, and she's like, all right, let's all go out for dinner. And they're about to leave, and I, oh, yeah. I believe Harry's like, Bull, aren't you going to change? He just turns back to Harry and goes, we're not going anywhere fancy, are we? Yeah, that's Bull's right. still in his wrestling gear. Again, nothing that strange in New York. No, no. That's what I thought, too. Walked out. I was like, they must be going to champs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Bull will get confused for the waiter. They'll have to leave. <laughs> Excuse me, waiter. I don't work here. Can I get some more? Can I get some more water? Yeah. Uh, and then we cut back, and old Bull sitting in the hallway outside of Chambers. Cameras pan- actually, you just see a magazine. Camera pans out mm-hmm. to see Bull's reading a magazine on classic generic magazine, by the way. Amateur oh, yeah. parachuting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, it's so dumb. It's so so good. this is so this is so tacked on and dumb. But he's reading this magazine. He's seems pretty interested. And old Dan walks by and just takes the, looks at the magazine, takes in the title. Takes it out of his hand, starts beating Bull Just over the head with it. Beats him about the head and chest. Yep. Gives him an old what for. And that's it. And Bull and doesn't, I will say, Bull does not stop. He still has the pantomimed magazine hold. Oh, yeah. And so Dan beats the crap out of him, gives him his ma- magazine back. And then I think this, no one says there. I forget. Dan said, I don't know if he says, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't think he's. I don't. I f- almost feel like it was like didn't say anything, and then Bull just turns to walk away and like shrugs, and then just throws a magazine over his back. Freeze magazine midair. <laughs> but there might have been some dialogue. I forget. I forget. No, because like, he doesn't say I'm sorry, but Bull understands why Dan's beating him with the magazine. Right. Like yeah. he's, he's fully aware of he Bull lost a scripted match in which he was to win. Which would have given Dan his money back. Exactly. So Bull very much is just like, I understand why this is happening to me. Yeah. And and we all get it too. It's it's interesting. Like, there's a few jokes. I, I, when, the more I like the episode, it's time to gavel bang it, by the way. The more I like the episode, the, the less I need to remedy my procedure because the less notes I'll take. You know what I mean? So I'll get, oh, I'll yeah, get yeah. too into it. So I got to... I should have taken usually because I I always watch the episodes twice and I watched it twice, um, but normally I I take notes on the first one and I then say, I amend my notes on the second one. If Mac was at the wrestling match, or is Mac too cool for school? Was he not there? Because was it just Harry, Billy, 
and eventually Selma show up and Dan first. and Selma. Yeah, Dan no shows Mac. up with the money. No, Mac, because Mac's too cool. He doesn't hang out with these fools outside of work. Yeah, that's a good point. He's always like, yeah, yeah, I might um, I'll try and make it. I'll try and make it. Oh, yeah. No, he's the, yeah. It's like, I, I understand that because I'm that guy too. I'm like, sure. I'll try and make it. Sure. And it's not that I dislike anybody. It's just like, no. When it gets nah. down to it, you're like, yeah, I'm uh, already. Uh, I got, yeah. I'm already home. I made dinner. Yeah, definitely. There was a time. There was a time. There's there's special times in your life. Like we had an awesome crew when you and I worked at a Starbucks when we were like 19. Yep. That was a crew. Like sometimes you just you strike gold and you get that like perfect mix of people at work. We had it at Trailer Park right when we uh-huh. were early yep. working there. And it was like just perfect. Like it wasn't even it was one of those like almost cheers thing. Like it wasn't even a question of everybody's oh, yeah. hanging out after. It was always sort of a rotating crew. If someone wasn't doing someone was always gonna be going out. Right, exactly. So if you wanted to tag along, you were either the instigator or you're just like, Yeah, I'll join up. Mm-hmm. All right. It's moment of truth. Mm-hmm. Seven? Okay. Eight? Seven, I'm gonna go seven. Seven seven point five, it sounds like a little bit. Seven point five. Seven point five. Seven point five. I'm going nine. Ooh. I like this one a lot. Uh as we went over it, I, so I gotta justify my nine, right? And it's not the easiest sell. If I was going to court with this one, I might not win the case. But for right. me, it hit me at the right time with just like the amount of theatrics it had. It was a mm-hmm. little more uh, laser focused on one character, so I feel like um, I don't know. I feel like I was appreciative that I I, I had one storyline basically to follow. Um, there were sharp jokes. We kind of got into them, but there was some nice back and forth even early on with like the uh, what rhymes with perpendicular. There was a few like Looney Tunes yeah. style boom yeah, boom, yeah. Um, and then. Uh, I like Dirk. Dirk was Yeah, fun. Dirk. Dirk was great. Yeah. In fact, I almost wish we saw a little bit more of him, or at least we could have closed yeah. with Dirk. If I was if I yes, was in that episode, yes, yes, yes. that would have been my cold tag. It felt like the cold tag, the cold tag could almost drop it to an 8.5 because it was like, it just felt like something. It's like you and I were rushing to finish yeah. a video. <laughs> I um, would, that would be, that would have been my note. It's like, can we get Dirk back? Yeah, this, a little more end? Dirk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we, Good. unfortunately, we, we didn't get, uh, get Ash I'll in get this it. episode a lot. Ash, how many gavels? One sec. How many gavels would you give it? <laughs> I wish you could earn the tone. She's like, six. I heard it. it. I heard it. <laughs> oh, you got it. It picked up? She hated it. See, that's, uh, her hate is a six. I, I give a six to a pretty damn good episode. Yeah. I know she hasn't. Yeah, she said because was, you're headphoned. I know she has doesn't know yeah. what I've given it, which is nice. Too focused. Yeah, it was another bowl episode. Didn't quite have as many, uh, you know, weird gags as the other bowl episode. It's better than that one, I think. I think it was better than that one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, you know, sometimes it hits you, it hits you in the right way. And I, I guess maybe because I went low on Jippy and you went higher on Jippy. Maybe I wanted to make up. I don't know. But right. uh, yeah. Either way, good time. Love seeing ra- it's love seeing eighties wrestlers. Yeah, Gotta say it. I guess that's anytime. it. Just taking me back to that right spot. God, I want to so many things in my life. Make some make a make my own soda label. Maybe start my own South Carolina wrestling league. 
Oh, I bet there's one. You could just jump right in. Oh, God, how good would that be? Yoga boy. Wouldn't wouldn't take much. <laughs> He's you so just stretchy. Be able to <laughs> take your bumps. You could be the heel. You could be a heel. Oh, are you kidding you could me? Get people I could literally so be Dr. Toilet. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like, what would your name be? You already got it. Dr. <laughs> yeah. T. Yeah, exactly. Just oh. toilet brush like a scepter. Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. No, to- a plunger. Yeah, it already looks like a scepter. Oh my god, that's so but that's good. the plunger is you just throw it at guy's chest so it goes. And then when I finally hit, I'm gonna need my tag team partner Black Bundy, just <laughs> yes. mask, long undershirt going just above the knees, <laughs> and dress shoes with a hatchet. <laughs> Scariest man alive. <laughs> Black Bundy and Doctor Toilet. That's the best. <laughs> Oh god. Or we could always go back to our classic Gaylord and the patient, Dr. Gaylord and the patient. I mean, it's yeah, I again, I keep I I like just how amazing. Apparently, we were talking to a guy who got offered a job writing for WWE. Mm-hmm. Might have been WWF still. No, it was WWE. And he got offered the job and it was like a decent paying job. It was mm-hmm. like a six-figure job, but he's like they, you have they to work your work like off. crazy every day and I think he was like literally every other day you have to have a direct face to face meeting with Vince McMahon over storylines and he's a fucking yeah. asshole. So Oh yeah. No, totally. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, again, and there's another guy if You can't it came show out, any weakness to him. Yeah. He's got very odd idiosyncrasies as you can imagine, very much like a Lord Michaels. Right, yeah. So you have to learn how to tell him your stories. Sure, yeah. It's like how to sell Arnold just, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you get yeah. one sentence and a better, better click. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, volcano. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> fights <Sold>. a volcano, <laughs> uh, 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 just punching magma. Uh, call it. All right, call that match, That's baby. A, Tap out. The, the night is long and full of wrestlers. Ding. Have ding, a good night. Ding. Court. Court. Hi, everyone. This is Ash. Sorry that I missed um, Hans and Casey podcasting. Hans, I hear you absolutely love this episode. I did not like it. I'm sure you guys heard that. Um, Just a few things that I'd like to add in. I'm sorry if I'm repeating anything because I wasn't listening to you guys. Um, The reason I didn't like it is because I had high hopes because I know that Casey loves wrestling, therefore I've watched a lot of wrestling. I thought that would be a fun world to mesh with the Night Court world. And unfortunately, in my opinion, everything fell flat. Uh, a lot of talking, not a lot happened. Um, I personally, my favorite Night Court episodes are the episodes when there's an actual court case that it revolves around. And I know that, you know, the the catalyst for this entire story was Bull being upset plus the court case, but that was a good 30 seconds was the case itself. Um, And if you don't have a case like the last Bull-centric episode, Bull's Baby, which I hold near and dear to my heart because of the banana line, um, 
it should be important. There should be something that means a lot to a character. There should be a lot of that character's focus if it's a character-based episode. And for being such a quote-unquote bull episode, I didn't see a lot of bull. Um, I also think that the wrestling aspect, the humor of what wrestling is or, you know, how it, it could be, I don't know, a metaphor for the courtroom and any other aspect of, of professional life, I don't think that was hit hard enough. I don't think that people really were in on the joke. We're watching this in 2017 where we know that wrestling is is staged. But back in the 80s, I remember people still didn't know if it was staged or not. So at, at that time, it's not a good episode. It just feels like a real big throwaway. Um, I love that they kept the IRS bit. I hope that they run with it with Dan, that Dan's broke now and that he needs money. Um, absolutely love every aspect of that. And I really love the fact that someone was upset that Bull left. I thought that Dirk, the replacement, was a really funny bit as well. I think there were good parts of this episode, but as a whole, it's like waiting for Gatto. Nothing to be done. Nothing happened. We are we are not better served for any character, any comedy whatsoever by watching this episode. And I think because maybe the the Amazon image that this episode has is Bull picking up Lou Ferrigno, it could be very possible that I just had a higher <laughs> higher hopes for it based on that one image. But for this being a wrestling episode, I I again it was just flat for me. Um so, Hans, I challenge you to get better taste. All right, peace out. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Oh, yeah. There it was, brothers. Case 30. Night Court and Gorilla, The Adventures of Yoga Boy and Black Bundy. Scratch that, reverse it, it's Black Bundy and Yoga Boy, and I got something to tell you, Ash. You got a, you got another thing coming. If you don't like this episode, let me tell you, if you don't like this episode, you don't like Night Court. Me and Mandinka and Black Bundy, SummerSlam 1987. It's coming hard, and it's coming this Christmas, and I know it makes perfect sense oh make sure you check out the jerk practice podcast and the facebook page at jerk practice podcast and jerkpractice.com oh brother the hurt is coming if you think badlin bull had a badlin good time then you ain't seen nothing yet you're gonna get the gavel bang taste that Taste the rainbow. Night Court. <clears throat> Forever Damp by Bull Shannon. <laughs> Lethargically, he trudges down to the shore of the big wet sea, <laughs> sensing their fate of impen ding mud. <laughs> His feet seem to cry. <laughs> Why me? Where are you going? Donut. 
slime rises to his ankle bones. His mind flies far away to the time he missed the boat of life. Hey, Nani, Nani, man. <laughs>